Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Hey, what's up? I'm former Bills receiver Stevie Johnson, and you're listening to Nate and the fellas on the Circle in the Wagons podcast. It's only one way to roll. That's through the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, baby. Yeah. 2022, we here. Hey, 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 let's go, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. Hey, 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 let's go, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. Hey, 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 let's go, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. Hey, 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 let's go, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo Bills. Welcome. To the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us in this special week six preview episode of the Buffalo Bills versus the Kansas City Chiefs. As always, this episode is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. If you're in the Western New York or Central New York area, do yourself a favor, have a bite to eat, grab a drink, make a bet. It is amazing. You will not regret it. We are joined by a very special guest. Now, if you've listened to us right before the Bills Chiefs divisional playoff game this past season, you heard us talk to this gentleman. He is a former second round pick of the Kansas City Chiefs in 1991. He played with the Chiefs for five years, including with Hall of Fame quarterback Joe Montana. He is the host of the Believe in Chiefs podcast with Jeff Fediton, and I'd like to welcome back Joe Valerio to the podcast. Joe, it is so good to talk to you again. How are you? Oh, Nate, it's great to be with you. I'm doing great. It's, it seems like yesterday that we were talking about that playoff game, and here we are again on the game that I know, look, players never circle games on calendars, right? Because, you know, as Marty Schottenheimer, my old coach with the Chiefs, used to tell us th- the most important game is the next game, but come on, let's be honest. You know that in a lot of people's heads, this game has been circled, uh, especially as this, you know, short season has started to progress and people have seen the dynamics of these two teams. And I know that this is going to be, there's no doubt, not just because I'm with you supporting the bills and I I played for the chiefs, but you know, you have to admit this is definitely going to be game of the week. And this, this is, you know, it's it's going to I think it's going to be fireworks for sure. Yeah, exactly. Until, you know, they see each other again hopefully in the playoffs and and we're talking about that game then. But uh first let's get quick right into the uh Chiefs 30 to 29 Monday night football win over the Las Vegas Raiders Raiders um as a Bills fan from the outside that seemed a little bit closer than it should have been. I don't think the Raiders are a bad team by any means. I just think the Chiefs I think they're a much better team. They've had some close games so far this season. Um, what did you see in that win, or was it a little bit closer than you might have thought it would be? Yeah, I would. I it's all, there's part of me too, though, Nate. That you know, look, I'm, I've I, as much as I support the Chiefs and cover them in our on our Believe in Chiefs podcast, and 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 you know, I, I never like I never, never want to sound like a homer, and you know, just kind of like go go all gung ho on on them. I, I but I am bullish on this team. I think they they've got the talent. Um, to to make a run, but 
I, I to me in that game, I, I felt like the Chiefs um, didn't win the game. I felt like the Raiders lost it. I, I just they had so many opportunities. You know, you're up 17 to nothing. They couldn't convert on a couple of those ones that they had to, you know, they had to go for field goals and and they just they made some really silly mistakes. Um, and I just felt like I just felt like the Chiefs didn't win it. The, the Raiders lost it, if you know what I mean. Like there's just games where you get that feeling in your gut like that. Um, so I'm 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 concerned going into this game, um, watching what the the Raiders did to the Chiefs in in their passing game. Uh, it's a little scary, um, you know, not having McDuffie, not having Willie Gay. Uh, it's left some really big holes in that defense and put some. it's put some of the players in some pretty tough situations. And watching what Josh Allen and his, you know, very, very diverse and spread out receiving core has been able to do uh, worries me a lot. It worries me a lot. Um, the only thing I think the Chiefs have going for them as it relates to that is the way that they've been able to stop the running game. And I think they're going to have to, try to stop the Bills running game with as few people as they can. Um, and I think with Josh Allen being their, you know, their leading rusher, that actually gives me more, um, as a Chiefs fan, that actually gives me more comfort than it does uh, if they had like a Derrick Henry or somebody who was pounding the ball and getting four or five, six yards of carry to complement what Josh Allen does. Because if they can focus on the pass game and put a decent rush together, with Chris Jones in the middle and kind of contain Josh, that's the only thing I think the Chiefs are going to have to, or, or the one thing the Chiefs are going to have to do to overcompensate for their lack of pass defense. Because otherwise, it's going to be a really, really long day for that Chief secondary if Josh gets going and he turns himself into a drop-back quarterback and uh, he just starts letting it fly because it could be, it could be ugly. Um, because if he presses the line of scrimmage a little bit and, and they start pulling up and he starts making some, some deeper passes, I mean, the chief secondary could be, could be in a, in a, in a world of hurt if, if they're not careful. Now, what about with Chris Jones specifically, because we know he's an amazing defensive tackle. I mean, we've seen him chase three times in the last three seasons. Um, is this, is there any way to stop? him from penetrating through the middle? I mean, is it quick passes? Is it setting up the run more? I mean, how do you how do you stop Chris Jones from just terrorizing the interior of your offensive line? Yeah, it's it's gotta be pass action. It's gotta be play action, right? It's 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 the only way you stop a six foot five defensive tackle who can rush the passer. Because it really he's gonna you know, he's gonna get his hands up. If if you go drop back, he's gonna get his hands up, right? If you if you're just going straight old what I call John Elway, Dan Marino, Joe Montana drop back, he's he's gonna he's gonna kill you in the middle. Um and if if you know with the given the fact that Karloftis is is starting to come into his own, Frank Clark is playing a lot better this year than I think he has in the past. His numbers aren't showing it, but I'm seeing a much more disciplined pass rush out of him. Um, if you get all of those things going, I mean that's what I think the Chiefs are really going to have to focus on stopping Josh Allen because quarterbacks like Josh Allen who can press the line of scrimmage and then do it with their feet and be a pure drop back quarterback at the same time. Um, you have to, you have to rush them a completely different way. You can't, you can't rush the traditional, all right, we're going to, we're going to 
you know, uh, no pun intended, circle the wagons, right? Your podcast. You, you can't just circle the wagons. You can't just rush up field and get in these in these in these undisciplined lanes, pass rush lanes, because Josh will kill you. He will literally kill you um, with his feet, and he'll press the line of scrimmage. And as soon as you come up, boom, he's going to dunk it, and you're going to be you're going to be uh, you're going to be you're going to be running for the hills. So they have to be very disciplined in their rush. And and I it's I would actually be happy to see less sacks in this game and a more disciplined rush and force Josh to make throws to not press the line of scrimmage and not find those alleys that he is a master at finding. I, I mean, he just, it's like he's got, Patrick Mahomes is the same way. It's like they've got eyes all around their head and they can find what I call the pocket in the pocket, Nate. Like they, they there's that traditional pocket, you know, we'll, we'll call it for those math majors out there, the parabola, right, of a pocket, the half of an oval. Um, but he, they're able, guys like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are able to find that little extra line, that space in there when when the tackle gets a little undisciplined and, and starts to rush up field too much. You have to almost I call it I call it a mush rush. Like you have to just like mush the line of scrimmage up the field. Like, you know, here's a crazy analogy, like an old school revolutionary war battlefield, right? Where the army would just go boom, 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 and they would march up the field. That's how you have to rush Josh Allen. Because if you go traditional rush on him, I think he'll kill you. So that's something that I think you know your listeners and 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 can can watch during the game is see how the de- the Chiefs' defensive line is rushing Josh and and if he's taking advantage of what they're giving him because if they can stay disciplined it's going to force him to stay in the pocket which you know we know he's a great drop back quarterback as well as you know be able to do things with his feet but nonetheless you up your you up your chances. And you in, increase the uh, you know the margin of error for a quarterback when you're making him stand back there and throw passes. And and what that'll also do is you know that's gonna that's gonna allow if they can get a four man rush, it's gonna allow the Chiefs to have seven drop back, which is kind of the only way they're gonna be able to beat this team. I mean, blitzing's great and Spagnola's got some good blitz packages these days, but he's gonna have to do as much as he can rushing four. And, and keeping as many back as he can if he's going to stop this, you know, vaunted passing attack of, of the Bills. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's good to know. I mean, I, so let's talk about the offensive side of the ball for the Chiefs. Um, when the when the Chiefs in general, they, they traded Tyreek Hill away in the offseason. Um, I was kind of surprised by it. I think a lot of people around the NFL were kind of surprised by it. Uh we're kind of. I was curious from a Bills fan seeing how that would affect Patrick Mahomes, and it doesn't seem to have. I mean, he's still, you know, he's still as good of a quarterback as he was before, at least from the outside looking in. What have you seen from this uh, Chiefs offense minus Tyreek Hill? Is it a matter of you know just getting all of the newer guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez, Scandling, um, maybe get the running game and Clyde, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in it, Jarek McKinnon, or is it a matter of getting more tight ends involved, Travis Kelsey? I mean, how have the, how have they um, basically made up for the fact that uh, they don't have you know such a stud wide receiver like Tyreek Hill? Yeah, well, what what Eric Bieniemy and and Andy Reid have have always been big proponents of is having a wide open playbook, right? With a lot of pages. I mean, their playbook must be as thick as you know War and Peace, um, because they just they just have so many plays and so many, you know, what I would call options off of those plays that it it just allows them to use other players 
all the players' strengths. What the what the Chiefs offense has never done is it's never pigeonholed players and said, you know, you need to fit into our mold. This is the offense we run. You need to fit into it. Um, they're they're much more um, progressive in 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 the fact that they build their playbook around their players and the talents that they have. So I give them a lot of credit for that. They've never forced any player into uh, sort of a pigeonhole and say, you know, you, you know, you're a traditional tight end and this is what you're going to do. Just look at what some of the plays they have with Travis Kelsey and, you know, he's, he's running wide receiver routes. He's getting direct snaps. He's running screens, you know, and then they do the same thing with their receiving core. Um, what, you know, what I was excited about this offense with, with losing Hill is I was actually a little, I was actually very excited when when they started picking up these acquisitions because I felt like they were diversifying the receiving core more than they ever have. You know, it was kind of like, if you remember back in the old Washington days, what they used to call them the Smurfs. I don't know if many of your listeners can go back that far into the 80s, maybe late 80s, early 90s. They had that receiving core they called the Smurfs. And that's kind of the way I used to feel about the Chiefs receiving core. And it was like, Travis Kelsey was like the giant. He was like, you know, he was the giant among among all the Lilliputians that were running around. And, and that was really their, that was their thing, right? Like it was... You know, find find you know find Travis Kelsey posted up like use a basketball term like posted up you know down under the basket and let everybody else just kind of run around and stretch the field. I, I was I got to be honest I was never a real fan of that of that attack. I I I, I like Tyreek Hill's style. I, I loved his speed, but I was much more um, I'm a much more traditional. I like to see the I like to see the diverse wide receiving core. I, I kind of go back to those um, those sort of Patriot uh, uh, dynasty years where you know you had you had the Amendolas and and the Edelmans, the, the stocky possession receiver who was gonna you could thread the needle and he was you know he was gonna catch it. And then you also had the back shoulder, you know Randy Moss, or you had a tall you know, type receiver where you could open your playbook up a little bit and then and then you, you throw in some speed, you get a speedy guy in there that can, you know, stretch the field vertically. Um, I'm a big fan of that. I think, I, I personally think the Chiefs problem right now on offense is their lack of being able to establish the run game um, because it's not allowing, it's closing the playbook. I'll use that term again, right? It's, it's the fact that they can't run at will um, is 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 um, is really hurting them in the passing game, and it's it's closing the playbook up on Patrick, and it's 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 allowing teams to to drop seven, and only have to rush four because you know they don't they don't have a need to bring extra linebackers up or bring a strong safety up because they're just teams just aren't threatened by the Chiefs' running game. They had that one good week where Pacheco and um, Edwards Alaire were kind of feeding off of each other. And I got really excited about that because I felt like finally there was a competition. And that Edwards Alaire kept looking, oh man, if I don't run the ball hard, Pacheco's taking my spot. And Pacheco's like, man, if I don't run the ball hard, I'm never going to get out on the field because they're just going to keep going, giving the ball to Edwards Alaire. So like I think they were feeding off each other. And I was really excited about it. But last week they 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 just stepped away from those two guys. I mean, Pacheco had one carry. And I was like, guys, you had the formula, man. You had the secret sauce. Like, keep make teams stop you in the run. Make them stop you so that once they they start forcing eight guys up in the box, then Patrick can go to work. 
You know, he can press the line of scrimmage and he can do his little dunk passes and his, his screens and all that stuff and the play action. And I was just, uh, I've just been disappointed with, with their, with the run game and it's, it's lack of integration into the big picture of their offensive game plan because they're just put, again, they're putting everything onto Mahomes' shoulders and, to me, that's just that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, yeah, I could see that too. The Bills Bills have had a really a lack of run game this entire season, minus Josh Allen basically leading all. He is the leading running back for the Buffalo Bills at this point. Um, I want to ask you about specifically. You're talking about the run game, um, offensive line. Um, I was reading up on some of the Chiefs' uh, offensive linemen and. There was mention that maybe left tackle Orlando Brown, he got made an offer in the offseason, didn't like it, wanted more money. Um, he's doing okay this season. He's not having a great season so far, and I don't know if it's a matter of be compared to where he thinks he should be money-wise or compared to where Chiefs fans and Chiefs analysts like yourself think he should be. Um, is that a weakness that the Bills with Von Miller or Gregory Rousseau on the, on the end could actually exploit um, in this Sunday's game? I, I think it's it's my biggest it's what's keeping me up at night, you know, when I think about this game. I, I think about what that's the matchup for me. I mean, you know, granted everybody all eyes are gonna be on Patrick and Josh, right? They're two marquee players, they're probably the two best players, at least at their position, if not in all the NFL right now. And um, everybody's going to be wanting to watch them, and I and I I will be too. Even as an, even as an ex lineman, I'm going to be watching those two guys because it's it's exciting. But to me, it's it's going to come down to um, well a couple of things. But I think the, the big piece besides the secondary stuff that I talked about for the Chiefs, which I'm which is keeping me up at night, this offensive line and their lack of consistency, and and the the inability for 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 Clyde Edwards-Alaire or Isaiah Pacheco or even McKinnon to a certain degree to give the line the confidence that that they're going to pound the ball. And then what's happening, vice versa, then is the, then the running backs are feeding off of the lack of confidence that the line has. And it becomes a, it just becomes like a vicious cycle, right? Like just the, the line doesn't have confidence in the backs. The backs don't have confidence in the line. And it just keeps building and they keep going backwards on it. And you know, this line is, is you know, God, it was the one thing that Brett Veach did after they lost that Super Bowl. And I know he was thinking that's never going to happen again under my watch. We're never going to have a lack of depth. And what's happened is we've, we've, the Chiefs have taken a step back in, in their depth on the offensive line. And I, I like some, I love their backups. Like I love Nick Allegretti. He's, he's fantastic backup, but you know, they were without Trey Smith in the Raiders game. Um, Orlando Brown, you bring up a great point, Nate. I, I think if I were him, I'd be very disappointed at where I am right now, given the fact that he could have cashed in on a humongous paycheck if he just would have taken the deal the Chiefs were going to give him. And I don't, whether you want to call it hubris, uh, arrogance, whatever you want to call it, pride, I, I just don't see it right now. I don't see him getting top three tackle money next year. If you If the season ended right now, and he had to go on the free agent market. I would be so disappointed if I were him because I don't think he's going to get the deal he thought. Now, is he going to be a starting left tackle somewhere? Absolutely. No doubt. He's going to be making good money. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sneezing. I'd take it. But but I don't think he's going to – and I think it's kind of playing in the whole factor. Nate, i got to be honest. And I, I'm very – I'm usually very uh, e easy on my linemen, right? I'm, I'm, I'm part of the fraternal order. We call ourselves the fraternal order of offensive linemen. Fools, right? We're fools. 
and 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 I'm usually easy on the line, but I got to say in this particular case, something is missing with Orlando Brown. Um, he, his feet are slow, his hands are slow, and I don't know whether he's hurt and he's not telling anybody, um, but there is something missing right now in his play. Uh, it's like he's in quicksand. He's he's a step behind, like whatever you know, athletic terminology someone wants to use. I'm just, I'm very fearful that he is, um, you know, that, that the Bills are going to take advantage of that this week and, and, and really exploit it. And, you, you know, you bring up a really, really, really great point. Um, that's, that really has me, has me concerned because, you know, between Rousseau and Vaughn and, you know, I, I just don't, I don't think the Chiefs are going to have an answer if Orlando can't step up and take one of those guys one-on-one because we know Andrew Wiley's going to struggle a little bit at right tackle. Um, you know, he's probably their weakest link um, when they do have their full complement and Trey Smith is actually playing. But um, it's, it, could, it could be a long day for Patrick. He could be running a little bit and getting out of the pocket if, if the Chiefs aren't careful. Well, uh, we're at the point of this episode where I, I'd like you to give a prediction uh, where you think the game... I mean, your your next Chief, I feel like you're going to say Chiefs, but uh, <laughs> the Bills are actually favored. I'm a little surprised at that. Um, just, I mean, the Chiefs are 4-1, the Bills are 4-1. They're both two really hot teams. I mean, if you look at their ranking side-by-side, offensively and defensively, I'm sorry, if, offensively and defensively, they're really quite close in both parameters, both near the top in a lot of specific areas. Uh, where do you see this game going uh, Sunday afternoon at 425 Eastern um, after a kickoff? Which, Nate, I just got to say, that's very disappointing. The NFL is very good at flexing these games, and I can't believe they're not flexing this game to prime time. I know. That's, but look, we'll, 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 they'll save that for another podcast. Um, I, I, I got to be honest, and like I said, I am a very, very objective follower of this game and even though i cover the chiefs week in and week out and i play for the chiefs i i I feel like the bills are going to win this game um i think i think it's going to be close don't get me wrong i i don't feel like they're going to run away with it uh if i had to if i had to put a score on it i'd say the bills are probably going to win this game 34 to 31 Uh, i think they're going to i think both teams are going to score um and the reason i think that nate is you know when i I like to look at the stats and I'm not like a full blown, you know, data cruncher person. Um, I just feel like right now, when I look at the caliber of the teams that the bills have played and I look at the, the statistics behind the bills wins again, I'm not a data cruncher. I I love the analytics. I, I, I put a lot of stock in a lot of that stuff. But I just look at the caliber of the teams the Bills have beat, how they've beaten them, and how bad, you know, they've kind of, uh, you know, really beaten some of these teams. And I know they, you know, they struggled a little bit against the Dolphins, but you know, the Chiefs also didn't play very well against the Colts either. I kind of liken those two games to each other, which is their only two, the two teams' only losses. But then I look at what the, you know. Um, you know, what the, what the, uh, what they did against the Steelers, what they did against a solid Ravens team. I know it wasn't a huge points win, but it was on the road. You know, it was, you know, the Ravens, we saw what they did last, this last week. They're, 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 they're up and coming as they always are. I just don't see the, the, the sort of the caliber and level of play from the chiefs. That's going to be, be able to withstand the onslaught of the bills. Um, the, the Chiefs are letting up way too many points right now. Um, you know they're winning games 
but they're, you know, they're just, they're also, you know, not winning them as soundly as the bills are right now. And, and I think with some of the injuries we have on defense, um, not to make excuses, but, you know, not having Willie Gay Jr., which is not an injury, but, you know, he's suspension, uh, not having McDuffie, their, you know, top pick uh, in the secondary, uh, some of the things that are shuffling on the offensive line and the way that Orlando Brown's playing and the lack of running game. I mean, I know that was a long answer to a short question, just one of my prediction, but uh, I just I just have this this sinking feeling that that the Chiefs um, are not going to be able to withstand the onslaught that uh, that are the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate that honesty because sometimes you know, like you said, you're you're former player and you know you want to be subjective. So I I appreciate that. I mean, no matter what, this is going to be a, a phenomenal game. I mean, the implications are actually a lot larger than I thought about at the first because you know this could be potential. Potentially for the they could both teams could be vying for the number one uh, seed yeah. in the AFC, and this could be the obviously the head-to-head tiebreaker in that. So um, you know, it, and we know how important that is, especially now with only one team getting a full buy um, throughout the playoffs. And we saw neither of our team had the buy last year, and we saw how it affected them. Neither of them made it right. to the Super Bowl. Um, in our scenario, but you know, I really appreciate you coming on and doing this, Joe. As always, like when when you know your name was brought up, I was so excited to hopefully get a chance to talk to you. The chance happened again. I'm very grateful for that. People can find the Believe in Chiefs podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere that you listen to all podcasts. Where can they find you and your work on social media and, and anywhere else? Oh, sure. I'm I'm at Joe Valerio seventy three. Um, you know, just spelled out. And our Believe in Chiefs podcast. It's B L E A V. Spelled a little uniquely there. The Believe in Chiefs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, Jeff Fedoten, my podcast partner, writes for Forbes magazine. He's also a book editor. Uh, we, we, we do it weekly and, and we post it. We're actually going to be recording a little later today, which it's Wednesday. And, uh, we usually record on Tuesdays, post on Wednesdays. We're, we're a little late start here with the Monday night game. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's where you can find. And, and, you know, we talk a lot of things. We don't just, it's believe in chiefs. Yeah. We focus a lot on chiefs, but I, I love talking about line play. I love talking about some inside, uh, no pun intended inside baseball, uh, in the inside baseball of football, uh, you know, and some inside stuff we usually talk about. So it's, it's hopefully it's a fun listen, even if you're not a, uh, a chiefs fan, but I would love to join you again, Nate, let's do this again. Obviously, obviously if we play, uh, in the oh, playoffs, yeah. uh, maybe not even if when we play oh, in the yeah. playoffs, um, but uh, you know even 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 if it's not, let's let's do this again. It's it's fun to catch up with you and, and get your perspective. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And this has been a, a budding fun rivalry that we hope you know this isn't you know just for the first five or six years of their career. We hope this lasts you know for the next decade or more. You know this is this has been really yeah. fun. So thanks again. Beautiful. Appreciate that. Thanks, Nate. Thank you, bud. Awesome to join you. <laughs> Thanks again to Joe Valerio for coming on uh, the podcast again. This episode brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at DeLago. Uh, we had Joe on before the Bills Chiefs divisional playoff game. And he, as cool as he sounds on the podcast, he's just the same off the air. I mean, most media members are, but Joe is a cool cat, super nice, super objective, which I appreciate. Although I did like when Daniel Wilcox before the Ravens game said, man, I got to go Ravens every time, every time. I do appreciate homers like that because I am the same way. But but Joe's a, Joe's a different cat. Uh Really interesting discussion, and um, I'm going to give my prediction for this game. Um, I see this game being a higher scoring game, uh, like Joe said. I think 
I think it's going to be more of like a 31 to 23 sort of game. I see the Bills pulling this one out. I see them uh, really feeding off the momentum that they've had so far, but also in the fact that uh, they're still pissed about last season. And they're, they've had this game circled on their calendar um, ever since the schedule came out, um, like Joe mentioned. And uh, the the Chiefs just got off a Monday night football game. So the Bills have had, you know, a day and a half more of rest than the Chiefs did, a day and a half more of preparation uh, for this game that's coming up. Uh, I think the Bills are just that hot. I think the Chiefs will find our way, will find their way eventually through the season and start blowing out teams a lot more than they have been. Uh, but I see right now the Bills winning this one, like I said, 31-23. Um, I think the Bills' defense is really good, but I, I think it takes a lot for them to uh, – it would take a lot for them to stop Patrick Mahomes. Um, I don't think that he scores 42 points like he did last time they played him, but um, yeah, yeah, I think I think having Von Miller makes a bigger difference than you just think automatically. And, uh, you know, the Bills will eventually – hopefully play the Chiefs again in the playoffs and finally beat them. And by then, we'll have both Von Miller and Tredavious White. So this will be a different team for the Bills. I mean, the Bills could win 31-23. And normally, I'd say, well, let's see when the playoffs come around. But the Bills might even be uh, healthier than that. And I think that Josh Allen's going to pick apart that secondary, like Joe mentioned. Uh, I think that the the, the Bills' pass rush is going to be uh, on another level than it's ever been. And I'm just hoping, I'm really, really hoping that the Bills get Tremaine Edmonds back for this week. I'm hoping they get Jordan Poyer back this week. And I'm hoping they get um, Isaiah McKenzie back as well, um, just so that the Bills have more options in the receiving game. But I still want to see Khalil Shakir uh, have that starting slot role for the rest of the season. Knowing Sean McDermott, I don't think he's going to do that right away, but I think there will come a point like in week nine, let's say week 10, where Khalil Shakir is just that good that they can't not have him on the field. And maybe they do more four wide receiver sets so that Isaiah McKenzie and Khalil Shakir can both be on the field. But I'm thinking way ahead. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Circling the Wagons, uh, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Like I mentioned earlier, if you're in Western New York or Central New York, check out the Delago Resort and Casino. Um, it is a great time. Like I said before, I mean, we've been there for to record our podcast. After we've been there at the sportsbook, we've had food, drinks there. I mean, it is fun. Um, gambling, I mean, gambling's always fun, whether you're you're betting on a game or you know you're just going to the craps table. We've always had a great time there. I met Fraser Crane. I met Kelsey Grammer there. Um, not because of the podcast or anything. I don't have that kind of pull there. I wish I did. Um, but but that was a cool time. So, uh, again, DraftKings Sportsbook at Delago. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring the show. Um, please check out all the other podcasts on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. And for me, Nate, oh, yeah. And make sure that you pay attention to the Twitter space that I'll be hosting after the game. So be sure to check uh, us out on Twitter at CTWPod. That's like at Circling the Wagons Pod. Um, keep us on alert for when we have a Twitter space. Uh, and we'll talk after that, and then we're going to record a recap episode after that, that. <laughs> and we're going to have a full weekend of shows for you, and hopefully we're talking a dub. So signing off for me, Nate, go Bills. And we'll talk to you guys after the Bills-Chiefs game. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Yeah. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Yeah. Buffalo, 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 it's the mafia. Uh. It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? It's 
the Buffalo Bills, eh? Buffalo, 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 it's the Mafia. Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Shaq Lawson, who's stopping us? Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, who blocking us? I don't see nobody stopping us. Number one, no one on top of us. What they gonna do when Matt Milano coming with the blitz off the edge? Don't you throw it in the air, cause Trey White and Micah Hyde were intercepts. Von Miller getting double team, not a team getting easy sacks. Russo with the double moves, coming straight for the quarterback. Take him down, take him down. McDermott clapping on the sidelines, and the crowd going crazy. Mafia, it's our time. Josh Allen, it's your time. It's the Mafia, yeah. Sunday, one Bills drive. Mafia, where you at? Buffalo, 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 it's the Mafia. 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 It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? It's the Buffalo Bills, eh? Buffalo, Buffalo. Buffalo, it's the Mafia Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Shaq Lawson, who's stopping us? Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips, who blocking us? I don't see nobody stopping us Number one, no one on top of us Mitch Moore snapped to Josh Allen, looking down the field See no one open, so he scrambled right He sees somebody open, but he off balance, so he gotta be focused Dawkins with the block, Allen with the shock 70 yards, will it be called Gabe Davis or Jay Crowder? Down the field, past the whole roster That Steph Diggs make it so easy Touchdown, high my feel rockin' every Sunday Got a hangover on every Monday Get your bass kicked, you know we winning. Josh Allen passing, who gon' pass us? With Devin and Cook, you know we great If you're not a Bills fan, we don't relate Nah, Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo It's the Mafia Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, Don Brown Who's stopping us? Trey Edmonds, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips Who blocking us? No one Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>